You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Welcome, one and all, to Monday Football Monday here on the SB Nation NFL Show. It is the first Monday in April, not the Day of Fools. Today is Monday, April 3rd, 2023. Already out of breath. Uh, We've been running to get off the ground here. Uh, If you want to watch our show, you can subscribe to the SB Nation NFL Show uh, on our YouTube channel. You can watch us there. Of course, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a rating, write a review. Those things help us out. Before we get going, a reminder that this show is brought to you by our friends at DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. My name is RJ Ochoa from SB Nation's blog on the boys, home of America's team. The fantastic Rachelle Prevet is on the ones and twos behind the glass. She will hand out, as always, the MF double MVP that we are all vying for. With me, we finally have the whole crew once again in under the same roof. Let's get to Jeremy first. Uh, from SB Nation's Pride of Detroit. Uh, Jeremy, your Detroit Tigers taking on my Houston Astros today. Um, I'm dressed appropriately for the occasion. You are not. Um, I thought you were going to come. Is it the, what's the the old English D? Is that what yeah, it's called? that's right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, calling them my Detroit Tigers. I, I've already disowned the 2023 Detroit mm. Tigers with their 0-3 start. Once they get it together, I, I will fully admit I am a bandwagon Detroit Tigers fan and really a bandwagon baseball fan in general like it, catch me in october and maybe i'll talk about it right yeah i mean comerica park just exists to like be something you pass on the way yeah. to ford field uh, i can't really. <laughs> exactly <laughs> um you mentioned being a bandwagon fan the king of bandwagons pete tweeney from sb nation's arrowhead pride nobody knows who pete actually roots for when it comes to teams uh and nobody knows anything pete actually likes mm-hmm. uh pete is an enigma in that sense uh pete tweeney happy monday welcome back we know you were under the weather last week so it's great to see you uh live and live in color Here's my my baseball take for the morning. This clock, it, it's it's going to save baseball. It has created just a, a way better game. I went to opening day the other day as, as Jeremy. You've got a bobblehead. You posted on your Instagram I did. story. A, a wit. Yeah. Uh, was, was it wit? It's right behind you. You could have reached up and grabbed it. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Witt Jr., which I thought was a a big mistake. They could have written bobblehead Witt Jr. or something like that. Uh, they didn't. They just chose to write Bobby Witt Jr. But anyway. To, to get to the, the main point here, the, the Royals are also 0-3, which is sad. That, you, you know, you always just hope that the Royals are relevant in June here in Kansas City, uh, which never happens. Uh, but what I, I will tell you about opening day is amazing. The clock is amazing. It, it, it is a, it's a, it's going to save baseball. It has created a, a much more interesting game. It actually, if, if you're really thinking about it with the 22nd clock, it, it actually is having action if you want to consider pitch in action. More often than football, I really think it, it it needed to be done probably 10 years ago. Hopefully it's not too late, but I think it's really going to help baseball. 
That's a great point. Um, if you consider the 40 second play clock, um, like, you know, sometimes it gets fully and totally used in the NFL versus baseball's pitch clock is obviously much shorter than that. Um, look at that. Pete coming in uh, with some fastballs, I guess, to keep things uh, a pro pro. Uh, we had a whole show in line last week that we were going to get to. Uh, we did not get to get to it because Jeremy, as we were getting ready to start, uh, news of Lamar Jackson wanting or having previously wanted a trade uh, came out. We kind of made that the Lamar episode. Um, I hope Rachelle is in better spirits than she was uh, when we had that conversation because it was a bit sensitive for her and her Baltimore Ravens fandom. Um, so what we had done just to kind of pull the curtain back, uh, we had between the three of us each laid out three things, questions we still have at this point in free agency. One of them was Lamar related. Um, that is yours, Pete. So you get the lowest hanging fruit um, on today's episode. I suppose we can swoop in and touch on that. Rachel will come in and provide the 10th uh, for a cherry on top at the very end of things. Uh, so let's go, Pete. Uh, let's get your Lamar one out of the way. Uh, your Lamar Jackson question that you still have at this point in free agency. Mm -hmm. Once again, today, April 3rd, we have about three weeks you know, and change to go until the NFL draft. Talk about being serendipitous and an enigma. I had this question written down before the Lamar Jackson news broke so we we just knew that we well, had, he had requested the trade though before that according to him it was march 2nd who so. knows a little he said he said there but <laughs> who does lamar jackson take his first snap for next season you know i as much as you know you love to see messy storylines in the nfl because it makes it more interesting i i highly doubt lamar jackson is going to sit out a year right so he's going to be taking a snap for somebody and so my question was who will it be for and i turned to you guys well, again, Jeremy and I did a whole episode on this last week. Uh, <laughs> so, this is a sensitive uh, topic because uh, my list very much differed from Mark Schofield's, and I got admonished for it for about 20 minutes. Yeah, Mark had a list that we talked about, Pete, um, that he wrote for SBNation.com. Mm -hmm. Number one, um, I've already forgotten who Falcons, number one right? was. Uh, it was the Falcons. Um, the Colts have kind of become the, like, the hot team to connect him to. Yeah. I think we all kind of settled on the Commanders. Um, I think I've cooled on that. I don't know, Jeremy. Like, I'm I'm kind of willing to buy the Lamar to Indianapolis stock. I don't know if you're on the same page there after everything from the owners' meetings. I I think the longer that this rolls on and nothing seems to be materializing, I think I'm starting to believe that maybe Baltimore is the right answer here, honestly. And and I'm, and I was actually just talking to Rachel about what Pete was just talking about him potentially sitting out the season. I think we both agreed probably not going to happen, and so. I mean, obviously, once we get closer to deadlines, whether it's the, the NFL draft or training camp or OTAs, all that sort of stuff, that's when movement could potentially happen. There's no real urgency right now. But it just, it just draws out longer, and there's not really a lot of smoke anywhere. I kind of think maybe Baltimore is kind of leading in the clubhouse right now, and I know that might sound crazy given where we've been. for. I mean, they've had two years to resolve this and, and haven't really made a lot of progress. So I don't know. They, they The Ravens have all of the kind of um, – all leverage with the with the franchise tag and everything so that's kind of where i'm starting to lean now yeah i'm kind of with both of you um jeremy and that i, I kind of think baltimore makes the most sense uh, for everybody involved pete i'm with you and that i i love drama in the nfl or in sports in general but i'm kind of past the point of like i remember the i don't even know who the first one was but the first time the idea of a player like not playing a season was like so tantalizing and so juicy mm -hmm. and so interesting and now it's kind of like whatever like we talked about baseball a little while ago but like i'm a san antonio spurs fan it was miserable when Kawhi leonard didn't play for the spurs and i hated every part of that um and it was so frustrating and annoying and so i imagine ravens fans feel the same way like lamar not playing out of i don't want to call it protest but like out of contractual disagreements it would feel like such a flat 
you know, part of this story. Um, we want some sort of resolution. Um, it would feel like the season finale to a show where it's like nothing happened. It's like we have to wait like five more months for this. Like nobody's like we're just going to forget about this. Like, you know, who cares? Um, so I'll go with Baltimore. Do you agree with our assessment, Pete, that the Ravens are the ultimate answer? I think they're the safest pick, right? I, I think if we were making some fake odds for this thing, they would be minus money and probably not worth betting. You know, but as far as like the value goes, I, I think if you were again hypothetically betting on this, Indianapolis feels like something to take a risk on because I think if it's going to happen with another team, your owner has to have the quality of eh, a little wacky to maybe figure out how to get it done. And I think of those teams that we mentioned, Indianapolis has the a little wacky owner and and maybe there is something that that can where you know he kind of goes against the grain and, and tries to rip Lamar away so I'd say the Baltimore Ravens or the Baltimore Colts but I'll, I'll favor the Ravens um okay okay we made that joke last week too so good job. uh Jeremy uh you're up cheers. your first cheers. question cheers that, that you still um kind of feel is a little unanswered the thread that you want to pull at this morning well let's let's finish out the quarterback drama of the offseason and and that way we can talk about anything else the rest of the way. But um, uh, Aaron Rodgers, obviously, that still has not been been traded. So um, my question is, is twofold. Who is going to blink first in that negotiation? And, and what is ultimately going to be the price to, to acquire Aaron Rodgers? Um, I think the Jets blink first because they're like they're the person who needs the thing. Right. Like if, if this is a supply and demand sort of sequence, they need the thing that the Packers have that Aaron Rodgers has. And so like. If we lay out who needs what, who has what, the Jets have nothing um, except for the draft capital, obviously, and they need Aaron Rodgers. And so, and like the Packers are kind of like used to this, right? Like, oh, you like offseason drama with Aaron Rodgers? Whoa, like, oh no, like we have to deal with that again? Like what a, what a, you know, complete set of foreign circumstances that we have no idea how to navigate. And so um, I think, you know, when we get close to, to Pete's precious pitch clock here uh, related to the NFL draft, when the Jets are on the clock and that pick is is reaching an actual true and total expiration date, I think they blink. And I think it involves uh, to, to cast a wide net some sort of compensation on day one and two. I don't know if that's specifically a first round pick, but uh, we're not going to get to Saturday without Aaron Rodgers being a member of the Jets, in my mind, at least. Yeah, I think it has to happen ahead of the draft. Uh, I, I think that's what the, the the Packers are probably making their deadline. Like we, you know, we have to get this done. I, and I think the Jets don't want a situation where the Packers say, all right, no. And then you're going into the draft and then it's going to be a, a mystery as to what you even can send because maybe the Packers don't like those particular players. So it, it does feel like it'll be resolved before the, the draft. And I, I think you're right to say the Jets and really in the grand scheme of the offseason, when you're working with a new quarterback, you don't even want to risk him not being there for certain offseason workouts. I imagine, and maybe this is a big assumption of mine, that Aaron Rodgers is not going to pull the, no, I'm Aaron Rodgers, I don't need to do the offseason program with a new team. And so I, I just think at a certain point, the Jets are to say, look, all, all everything's out there. Maybe Aaron hurt us a little bit by just blatantly saying we're, we're the only team he'll play for. Um, but you know, it is what it is. We got to get this guy in the building. He's got to be wearing a different shade of green a little, you know, sooner rather than later, Jeremy. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause last week we talked about, uh, the jets potentially using someone like Lamar Jackson as, as maybe a way to, to drum up, um, you know, a, a lower price from, from the Packers. Um, but, but that they, they, they showed that they, they're not in, like, they're not interested in playing games here. I, I almost feel like this isn't as much of a like stalemate as 
fans and media are necessarily making it out to be a, you know, I think both teams have a, a good relationship. Salah and, and, and Lafleur are good friends. I, I just don't think there's that much bad blood here. And so I think it's eventually just going like, I don't even know, even though I posed the question who will blink first, I, I don't even know if that's actually really what's happening here. I think it's just, they're working out negotiations here. It'll probably be either, you know, a, a trade, like you said, with, with, first and second round picks being exchanged or it'll be a second round pick and, and maybe a little bit more on top of that. So um, I'm, I'm with you guys. I think this probably gets done in the next week or two, honestly. Um, hopefully not. On, well, actually, hopefully on draft night, because that, that adds a, a lot more fun and a lot more drama. But uh, I have to imagine. Yeah, exactly. A little, yeah, little drama. Good word. Um, every, everyone loves a, a little bit of that, right? We got the the A.J. Brown trade on, on draft night last year. It seemed to come out of nowhere. This one won't carry that much shock, but uh, but I would love to to, you know, see some sort of fireworks on, on draft night when one of those teams are on the clock. Um, that segues me into one of my questions. I was planning on waiting on this one, but uh, good job by you, Jeremy. And uh, we don't want to go on forever and ever here. Uh, my first question then will be, who is the surprise player to get dealt around the draft like A.J. Brown? Um, I don't think Aaron Rodgers would qualify uh, just because, you know, we, we kind of like figure that's going to be the case. Um, I have the appropriate answer, but I'm curious who each of you think um, is the player that gets traded, that gets dealt for, that gets whatever for. Um, and, and again, it doesn't have to be during the draft, the way the A.J. Brown thing was, uh, but just the, the kind of big-time NFL name that finds a new home um, once those resources start to, to reach that proverbial expiration date. Pete, you're first. I'm going to – Jeremy, if you have one at the tip of your tongue, I want to take some time to think about this for a second. Okay. You were first, but whatever. You know, you're, you're running. Cowardly move. That, that's fine. Uh, the one, and, and this wouldn't be like a complete shock because there there has been some rumblings. There's been a little bit of smoke. But Ed Oliver, to me, is is maybe one of the the guys that might be on the move of the Bills. Of, he's he's kind of – I think he's done the, like the little – the typical social media drama stuff where you're deleting everything that relates to the Bills or any, any sort of that. And I think he was posting clips of, of you know – Sacking up like all NFC North quarterbacks and and like dropping hints. So, um, you know he he's facing a, a contract extension and and the Bills have been pretty stingy with their their money this off season, which I know uh, might we might get into a little bit later as well. Um, but he's you know first round talent. Uh, maybe didn't uh maybe didn't quite live up to expectations, but still a really good football player, really young football player, and um there are plenty of teams that that want to buff up on the interior. Of the, defensive line and he's a guy that could do it right away i yeah. i put my 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 mind uh, into into the air here if, if you will and uh i i think because of all the smoke and because of how the draft goes i think maybe deandre hopkins gets moved ahead i i, I think like and this goes to the our first point about lamar and uh Aaron Rodgers, I think deadlines drive deals in, in a lot of ways. And, you know, there there's the whole money thing. And I know that that has to be worked out. Um, but right now, there there isn't a rush for teams to do it. Now, when you get to the NFL draft and, you know, maybe you don't believe in a certain receiver. I know that there are a few receivers that teams are interested in. Um, maybe it finally gets done where you say, let's go into the draft and have that short up. Um, and so maybe it's not exactly right, you know, during draft night, but maybe right leading up to the draft where a team makes a move and, and knows what they have going in. Um, the Hopkins thing makes sense. I haven't listened to this myself, um, so I don't want to aggregate it poorly. Uh, but I saw that there was some chatter that Albert Breer um, of the MMQB, of, as I said on a podcast, that the, the Cardinals may just wind up cutting uh, DeAndre Hopkins. So we'll see. Again, I haven't verified that myself, um, but obviously he's been in an interesting spot. The Ed Oliver one is interesting. 
Uh, Jeremy, certainly, you know, it, again, when you're entering the contract year for a player that you don't necessarily feel like you're going to pay, um, you do kind of want to get out early and make sure you get something. Um, that is the spirit of one of mine. Uh, I have two. Um, I did more work than either of you. Here, uh, no big deal. Uh, the first one, I'm going – does anybody remember first? Well, I'll say this, but uh, I'm going back to the Titans well. Um, it was it was obviously Tennessee who traded A.J. Brown. Derrick Henry, we've heard a lot of chatter that, like, you know, they may move him, they may whatever. Um, maybe there's a team who – is is really hoping the Chargers have been connected to Bijan Robinson is one example. Austin Eckler, for that matter. I mean, like you know, th these are names, and this is the last kind of time to strike during the draft for the compensation to bring in some sort of replacements for them. That's what I was going to ask. Does anybody remember who the Titans took with the pick that they acquired in the AJ Brown trade? It was Traylon Burks, the receiver out of Arkansas. So the thought is like kind of Indiana Jones idol swapping, right? Like one player for another, and Traylon Burks didn't necessarily take off as a rookie. Um, but maybe that's the thought. Maybe that not exactly the the dig for <laughs> Justin Jefferson trade, huh? Right, right, right. So, but that's like that's the thought, right? Yeah. Is like if you're gonna you know move on from somebody, you you want to replace them, and that's why you're doing it then to utilize the resource that is the NFL draft. Um, and to that point, another name that we've heard thrown out in trade chatter, and again, maybe this is contingent upon the board is falling a certain way, so this team feels like you know what we can do it. We're entering a contract here for this player. Let's just get out now. Let's use this pick. Maybe Jackson Smith and Jigba, whoever's on the board. T. Higgins. We have heard T. Higgins' name thrown out a lot. The Bengals have said, we're not interested. We're not interested. We're not interested. Um, do they plan on paying T. Higgins as well as Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow? Um, it, it would be, from a timeline perspective, very nice to line up a rookie contract for, again, whether it's a JSN or a Jordan Addison or a Quentin Johnson or whoever the case may be, to go with the big-time contracts that belong to Burrow and Chase. I think I killed this exercise. What do you think, Jeremy? I think that makes sense. I mean, I feel like we talked about T Higgins uh, when the last time we were all together as, as maybe one of those wow. guys that, that could so, be playing somewhere else. Hey, next year. <laughs> when you, you know, when you go and, and sign your marquee left tackle, you only have so much money left to spend. You might have to move that receiver. So, you know, Jeremy, Pete is so offended that any team in the AFC would want to get good and and not just I bow down no, to, I, to Patrick I Mahomes. Just, <laughs> it's I just know when it's you, so stupid you that anybody would, would try amount, to be competitive. When you devote a certain amount of money to that left tackle position, other positions have to go by the wayside, and perhaps receiver is one of them. Um, all right, so I had Derrick Henry and T. Higgins. Um, Jeremy, you had Ed Oliver. Pete, you had DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I say we uh, like just back it up and and then, you know, kind of like Missy Elliott thing. You know, this thing, I like put this thing down, flip it and reverse it. Uh, so that means I'll go again. But the question that I wanted to ask before Jeremy um, kind of made me go this direction. Um, look, I love the Cowboys, right? But I like a couple little teams. You know, I like to keep thing, my eyes on, you know, certain squads. Mm -hmm. The Lions, not for me, Jeremy. I'm, I have no like beef or anything, wow. but like. They're a little too popular. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be a part of the brigade. Certainly wish you all the success in the world. I would love to see the Packers dethroned and all that stuff. But, like, the Lions, I'm just not the person assigning my emotional ties to it. That's all I'm saying. Media the Lions, juggernaut Detroit Lions. To your point, and 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 Jeremy, I, you know, you like to hear this because I, I think Lions fans really enjoy, you know, the come up, which has really been a couple of years running now. But the Lions are officially out of the garage band and they're in like a local club right now right yeah, like there's that's a great way to put it people are starting to like hey did you go see this band and, and it's like <laughs> it's way too, it's too late to be a, a line supporter right now RJ. i would go even further pete like they're playing like warp tour you know what i mean mm -hmm. it's like man i miss when i could go to the like the local bar <laughs> they're, they're, they're the 10th band in the warp tour i mean it's not yeah high right, right. but it, and that's what i'm saying like I, 
I don't want to go fight the crowd and be in the heat, mm-hmm. you know, and then I got to, I got to pee and I got to like, you know, get through everything and use the port. Like, no, I, I right. missed my normal bar. It was awesome. You know, like they had, you know, half price wells that night. Like it was a great scene, a great vibe. So like they've just ballooned a little bit too far out of my league, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Um, now to that point, my previous team that I had enjoyed in this way was the Buffalo Bills, obviously massive media darling. Um, the Bills, I really felt like, and, and this does involve my Cowboys fandom, were the AFC's version of the Cowboys last year. And nobody wants to care. Like that really is a testament to like how not media powerful the Bills are that like they completely withered in the playoffs and nobody cared. Like everybody's like, okay, cool. <laughs> like, you, you lost to the Bengals. Fine. We'll just move on. We'll forget about you. Josh Allen had a million interceptions. And I felt like their issue offensively was very similar to Dallas's. Dallas had CeeDee Lamb and Tony Part on offense and no other explosive players to help. So what did they do? I'm not saying the Cowboys have won the Super Bowl, but they went out and traded for Brandon Cooks. Boom. All right. We've established the problem. We've identified it. We have taken measures to solve it. What have the Bills done? What, like, how have the Bills gotten better? Pete, you kind of like threw some you know, cold water on the Bengals for bringing in Orlando Brown Jr., that was addressing a serious issue, right? Like that's been what the bank, that's been their bugaboo is protecting Joe Burrow. What have the bills done? Like, like, and and nobody cares. No, nobody wants to talk about them. Nobody is criticizing yeah. the bills for doing nothing in free agency. They are just sitting there, you know, like chilling, being idle. I don't understand it. And I, I am off the bills bandwagon. I'm sorry. I cannot be in love with this team that doesn't <laughs> want to win anymore. I think the big moves came last year. That that's, what's tough about the bills identity at this stage. Everything was building toward last year where you know you bring in Von Miller wasn't able to play late in the season and, and in the playoffs. And you say to yourself, OK, we're going for it. Right. We don't we we paid the premium for this past rusher in his 30s. One of the greatest of all time. Right. But, you know, he's, he's getting up there, but we're going to give him a six year deal to get him in Buffalo. And you, you go to the playoffs, a weird ending. We never expected the ending to the season that happened with all the DeMar Hamlin stuff. But there was that build of like, this is the Bills year and they're going to knock off the Chiefs and we're going to have this neutral game in Atlanta. We talked about it on here. It annoyed me. And then all of a sudden it was over and it just seems like they've almost been relegated back to that cluster in the AFC and what has really become these past two years, a conference between the Chiefs and the Bengals and that's I, it and I think right now too and and this is was concerning for me or, or would be concerning for me as a, as a Bills fan and, and I'm not trying to kill the Bills here I know everyone knows I'm a Chiefs guy but like when the GM comes out and and starts listing excuses and it has to do with well the salary cap and the Bengals were bad for a, a few years so they were able to combine Burrow with Chase it's like man every. I know the rules are not perfect. We're not saying the NFL rules are perfect, but everyone is playing by mostly the same rules with the salary cap and and everything that goes into it. And it's like, I don't know. I don't like, and I know this is a little bit of an intangible. I don't like the mojo that is surrounding this Buffalo Bills team because it seems like this golden opportunity has, has passed them by. Yeah, it it does feel like they are sitting on their hands a little bit, but in terms of like the media perception, I think, I think it's just that it's, it's the bills were this, you know, franchise that, you know, struggled for years can't win a super bowl they're finally on the ascension it's it's an awesome story it's great as a lions fan i i relate to it but then the bengals just like took that spotlight right away from them and and did the exact same thing and now the bengals are that team on the rise and you know there is a certain level of like okay once you get to the top how do you stay at the top um and top is relative all right don't don't get mad at me pete right Um, i know you can be in the top without winning the super bowl right exactly the point right 
And so the Bills are finding out that it's it's not easy to to stay there. And and some of that is excuse making. Some of that is is legit. Like it's just you can make runs. It's hard to maintain that level of you're always in the conversation. And the Bills I, they're they're in the conversation. Let's not let's not kid ourselves. But in in an elite AFC conference, they are definitely not second fiddle. Even they're they're third or fourth fiddle. And so um, it's 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 a, it's an interesting power dynamic shift because it feels like it happened while none of us was looking right. Like obviously the Bengals went to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. And and I think a lot of people thought maybe that was just kind of a flash in the pan. They proved last year that it wasn't. And, and so that's when it happened. That's when the shift happened. And um, I don't, I don't know if there's any shifting back. That's exactly like kind of the, my point like encapsulate is like the bills think that like the chiefs are who they want to be so badly, right? Like the, the bills think like they're chasing the chiefs crowns. Like, dude, you aren't even the Bengals. You know what I mean? Like, that's not, that's not a shot at the Bengals, but it's like, if, if they like, I mean, Pete, like all the Burrowhead stuff, right? like if there is a if, if Chiefs fans lose sleep at night over a team and they don't, I mean, they just won the Super Bowl, obviously. But if there is that team, it's it's the team in Cincinnati. It's not Buffalo like Buffalo. You wanted Arrowhead last year. Cool. You know what I mean? Like that, they're the, the Chiefs aren't worried about seeing you in the playoffs, Bills. Like they're worried about seeing the Bengals. And I think like the scary thing about being Buffalo right now, too, is like I, I think the division is slowly getting better. Right. Aaron right. Rodgers is going to be in the division. I think Miami was on the verge of a breakout before a mini collapse in the last year. But look, look, Miami was right with Buffalo in that that cold game. And, and that was a very big game at the time. That was pre-DeMar and all, all that stuff. Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence is all world. Justin Herbert and what he's doing in L.A. If he can get over the, the Brandon Staley yeah. situation. If Lamar remains with Baltimore. It's like, are we? And I, I think that was the key from Jeremy, too. It's like, well, they're third. Are they third? Well, they're fourth. Well, that's that's like fourth. Like, are we looking at the the best team in the conference? It's it's like they're playing like Clash of the Clans, and like the territory they're defending is third place. It's the bronze place part of the podium. You know what I'm saying? It's they're they're not even like holding teams off for second at this point in time. Like to your point, it's 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 Kansas City and Cincinnati, and then there's a significant gap before Buffalo is there. And my point is like Buffalo has done nothing to challenge that, and like. There are other teams who do nothing like the Eagles. The Eagles lose these players and we're like, well, what's going to happen? What's good? Like, what are the Bills going to do? Like, like the Bills are just running this back. It feels very reminiscent to me of, of again, because I went through this with the Cowboys, what the Cowboys did last year. It, and it was a little bit more dramatic and that they traded away Amari and things like that. But like, like people love to throw out when they talk about sports, the definition of insanity quote, like doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. That's literally what the Bills are doing. Like, why, why is it going to be different? Like Josh Allen's going to have more wear and tear on him. Like Stefan Diggs is not enough on his own. Gabe Davis isn't going to become the Robin you want him to be next year just because you want it to happen. Like you had to go out and get somebody and they haven't done that. I think we're all on the same page when it, when it when it comes to Buffalo and and for all that that teams have in the the prove me wrong thing. I mean, this is easy, easy storyline stuff for for Buffalo now where, you know, it, it is going to be a big. All right, Josh Allen, you really want to be among the best? Let's prove it this year because you, you have to almost reemerge uh, now that it, it, it has been a disappointing ending for for two years in a row. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate 
in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Jamie, your second question. Um, let's, uh, I think let's go with the, the Jalen Carter stuff because I feel like that, I feel like the the top of the NFL draft is starting to kind of form out and I think we we have certain expectations for how the first three or four picks will go. But Jalen Carter kind of remains that huge mystery of he could go f- as early as five, he could go as late as, I don't know, 15, 20. Like the 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 amount of things that, that continue to pile up in, in and, and you can interpret, I feel like, anything that he does in either direction. So who who do you guys think are, are, are going to take the quote-unquote chance on, on someone like Jalen Carter in this draft? Well, I think it's worth noting, too, here that the latest chapter of the story is some body cam video of, of him initially not being truthful with, with police um, about that situation and kind of denying that they were racing at the time. And I think that that matters to teams, right? Uh, in covering Kansas City, which is my frame of reference, that's why I bring them up so much. But in covering Kansas City, I I know, and I've heard this from multiple people, and I you know I think it's fine sharing that one of the first things Andy Reid says at training camp is, you know, we have truth between each other. Things are going to happen, but you got to shoot me straight. And so, yes, this body camp thing is just a part of the situation a very ugly situation but i i think it's significant in the in the sense of a head coach has to trust a player especially when he's taking him in the top 10 hard for me to determine which team i I think just looking at the order is gonna gonna go and take that risk but i I think it's worth noting that it is have to get it's gonna have to be fully vetted and it's a good thing that the nfl has leaned into some of these things such as mental health and having doctors in in house because there's gonna have to be like a program surrounding him to just make sure that that he gets on the right path and again the the sad thing about this of course the situation but this should have been you know an all world talent that really took the league by storm and now there's so many questions rj surrounding him um yeah i I mean i think that's really well said pete and and i think andy Reid is obviously um an, an example of of a coach that has sort of the like um, built in credit, um, to take a chance on a player, right. To roll the dice on someone. And so I think like, if, if we're answering the football part of, of the question, which is obviously what you asked Jeremy, like, it, I think it takes a coach like Andy Reid, right. Like a coach who's like non-questionable, like a coach, who, like a first year coach cannot take this risk, obviously. And, and right now, you know, there's nothing but information to suggest that it's a high risk. And so, uh, the team that I feel like has been the most connected to him is, has been the Seahawks. I mean, and Pete Carroll checks that box, right. Like you have that established and like, Pete Carroll's credit as the Seahawks head coach and like 
from an instinctual perspective is like as high as ever, right? Like, like based on the events of the last 365 days or so. Um, so, I mean, yeah, like I, if I had to guess, you know, and, and I don't mean it like lightly, but if I had to put odds on it or whatever, um, I would guess Seattle is the team. They just kind of check them all the boxes to where it would make sense. But to your point, Jeremy, I wouldn't be shocked if he fell, um, you know, and it's, it's all of the off field things. And then obviously, uh, things didn't go well the last time we saw him work on the field. Like there is a lot of ambiguity right here. Yeah. And the, the, the only thing I really want to add to the conversation, because I agree with everything you just said, I think, I think Seattle makes the most sense. I feel like, um, Pete Carroll's the kind of person that can take on something like that. Although, like, I always find it interesting to um, kind of have the debate whether it, is it more important for someone to fall into, like, a good culture, a good relationship between coach and player, or does that relationship between coach and player exist because they don't take the character risks on guys mm-hmm. like Jalen Carter? Like, it's a, is it kind of a chicken or the egg situation there? Although, you know, th- there are certain examples of, you know, maybe quote unquote character concerns landing in Seattle and being just fine. Um, but, but the other thing I want to just bring up is like, I, I've seen the body cam footage and it, it really strikes me as a, like, you see what you want to see type of thing. And it's always kind of dangerous to overanalyze something in the exact moment of trauma. Right. Like, I think, I think we do this in an age of maybe like uh true crime podcasts and stuff. Like we, we listen to the nine one one call and try to figure out, well, right. I mean, like this, this is all happening in real time in, in a moment of trauma. And so you have to be careful and not overanalyze like everything because I mean, it, it's just, it's just such a complicated situation with emotions, with relationships, with, with communities and police and like all that sort of stuff kind of factor in that you just, it, it, it's hard for me to do the the calculus. And that's why all these teams are going to be doing a lot more research on this guy, whether it means bringing them in or, or, you know, vetting all of his sources mm. uh well said uh pete you have your two to get through so which one do you want to go to first let's go to the nfc north baby in a wide open nfc north mickey mouse division is what people are saying right you in in that are you people <laughs> welcome to disney world <laughs> north in a wide open <laughs> nfc north and conference what is the bears and the lions floor and ceiling next year who do we start with? RJ, do you want to weigh in first here? Um, well, I'll start because the mail is passing and my dog bear has not barked yet. So I'm a little bit shocked by that. Mm. Um, mm. I mean, the bears are fun. Like the bears are um, like the bears have some, I'm sorry, Jeremy, some like NFL history and some like cool city prestige. Like people think of Chicago Whoa. and like a really like kind of fun, like this. No, like forget about eight mile. My look, goodness. All, 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 I'm, all I'm saying is like the amazing race once had a season finale in Chicago. I've never seen them have a season finale. In Detroit. That's all I'm saying. Like, yeah, that's a good point. So, I'm glad you made fun anyway. of me for watching wrestling at the beginning of the show. <laughs> so, um, Chicago, like people want Chicago to be good. Like people, people want to see that happen. Like people want to see that happen. Like, and they, they, they have the like NFL history that people want to see. Like they, they fit the like conventional cliche of like the NFL is better when the bears are good. Like, I don't know that people do say that about the Lions, Jeremy. I could be wrong. Um, so I think people are going to try to will the bears into existence. I don't think they're there yet. I'm rooting for them. I, they are a team that I have a soft spot for. I mentioned my dog. I love Matt Eberflus. I've loved him ever since he was a, a linebackers coach for the Cowboys and the development of Sean Lee. And the pieces are all lining up. I'm so, you know, loving what they've done to this point in the offseason. I can't wait to see, like, what they turn this draft capital into. I wouldn't put it past them to trade back a couple of times and just keep kind of picking things up and building and building and building. Um, but I think that the Bears' floor is probably, like, five wins um and ceiling maybe 10 like if if everything breaks right i mean i can't see them you know pushing 10 wins 
Um, and the Lions, I mean, I think the, I think a floor is like eight wins. I mean, I, I, I really do. I, I don't know how you can't give them that credit, especially with the Bears being, you know, kind of cute, but like not there yet. The Vikings taking it. The Vikings are the Bills, like taking another step back, and they weren't good enough as it was, and that bums us out, Pete. Um, I think the Lions' ceiling is winning the Super Bowl. I don't know like, if you're throwing out ceilings that they are – they are probably going to win that division. And if you're a division winner, your ceiling is winning the Super Bowl because you have a ticket to the tournament. So those mm-hmm. are my thoughts. Yeah, I, I think I, I almost agree completely. I, I think that the Bears, to me, are really in good hands with Ryan Poles. I, I've said that before. I think that trade down was was smart. This is a team that, that needs a lot of, lot of pieces. I think you're going to start to see uh, the bears begin to emerge. This is the year before the year for me. And so I, they're in hibernation. Oh, yes, there you go. I think the, the floor for me for, for Chicago, I'm looking at the NFC standings from last year. 10th was the Packers at eight and nine. 11th was the the Panthers at seven and 10. I think they're right under that tier. So I'm going to say that 13th feels like the floor in the conference for the bears. I think the, the ceiling for me is a wild card right now. Right there, they may be one of those teams that that can sneak in. I think the floor for the Lions is the wild card round, uh, being a, a wild card. But I, you know, I, I tend to agree with RJ. I think they win the the division. Certainly, to me, the floor for the Lions is the playoffs. I think they're a playoff team this year, and I think the ceiling is NFC champs. You know why why not the why not the not the Detroit Lions? I I think they can they can do that before, of course, losing to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. So. I, I think that's that's what you're looking at if you're a a fan of the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't feel like I have much. Dis- I didn't expect such optimism um, coming from you guys, especially such a Lions hater like RJ, which I'm just now mm-hmm. figuring out that he's a, mm-hmm. a Lions hater. I just I hate the like the the people. Hey, like I hate the uh, the mass of it all. Like you know we we. We can talk about other things like, you know, we don't have to all jump on at the same time. But I I just I think they're I mean, you you say like the Bears are everyone wants the Bears to win. Like, who doesn't want Dan Campbell to win right now? That that guy is just like a get that man a beer. Right. Um, But but yeah, like to to talk about the Bears. I mean, I'm with you guys. I think they've made a lot of smart moves. I mean, they've had a ton of resources and they're going to have a ton more in, in the draft. The trade down was good. I don't love investing in in linebackers heavily which is what they did in free agency but they but they added talent um which they needed to do mm-hmm. they, they have a long ways to go i think offensively like i I'm, I'm a big justin fields fan i i think he is going to be a very good quarterback in this league i still wonder uh, if they've done enough to protect him i don't think they have um so i think they're still going to kind of continue to struggle on the offensive side of the ball so i might have their their ceiling a little bit lower but i i'm, I'm with i'm with you guys in saying like they feel like they're on the rise. They're just not there yet. The year before the year, maybe two years. Like, I'm looking at the Lions rebuild and the Bears rebuild, and it feels like they're either in year one, like a mixture of year one and year two for the Lions. The Lions are now in year three. I think these two teams are, are probably the future of the division, though, which is kind of a fun and exciting thing to talk about because it's always been really the Packers and, and the Vikings uh, to some degree. As for the Lions, I mean, they were a 9-8 and eight team ju- that just missed out on the playoffs last year. It's hard to look at the roster and, and see – that it's gotten, it, it's only gotten better. Uh, the, the, the only pieces that they've lost, Jamal Williams, they replaced with David Montgomery. Uh, you lose DJ Chark, but you, you get it. You gain essentially a Jamison Williams this year. Uh, and then you had a bunch of parts to the defense. You got pick six, you got pick 18. They're in a pretty good spot. Um, and so I, 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 I can tell you for sure that in Detroit, anyone, if, if they don't make the playoffs this year, it's going to be a pretty significant disappointment. And 
people are starting to use that Super Bowl word, which is uh, kind of scary in Detroit because it, it does feel different. Because this is, the 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 win totals came out a couple of weeks ago, right? Lines are at nine and a half. Everyone else is at either eight and a half, seven and a half. This is the first time the Lions have had the highest Vegas win total in the division since 1992. Cowboys won the Super Bowl that year, just so we're clear. Yeah, and you had that one in the pocket. <laughs> and I think we were both three or four years old, RJ. I think that uh, the Lions, to me are are ready to to emerge i think this is the the springboard year at you know in my opinion outside looking in and i think it's a win for america too i mean how often are we saying to each other well you know that thanksgiving meal was was pretty filling the lines are on let's take a little nap here now you have to stay awake for that lines game maybe you sleep uh when the uh five and five and seven cowboys take the field um, I don't know anyone who has already eaten by the time that the Lions play, except for maybe Jeremy, given his line of work. Because um, they're usually first, day. right? They're, are, are, do they have to be first, the Lions? Is that... They've literally been first for like 60 years. So okay. thank you for paying attention I wasn't, to the NFL I for this entire I, I knew time. Lions and Cowboys um, play, but I didn't realize there was an order to this thing. So I, it, was, I it was their idea. It, it, was, uh, it was the Lions' yeah. idea that the Cowboys jumped in on. And so that's that's why things are what they are. Again, way to know your NFL history. Uh, but um, I agree. I think that the, the Lions are like an evolving Charmeleon like they're right there you know what i mean they need like one more attack to like fully become charizard uh whereas i feel like the bears are like an evolving charmander you know what i mean they're not quite charmeleon yet but they're both ready to evolve to the next level they're just at different places uh jeremy had one final question before we get to pete's final question um and that's justin fields has the chance maybe to become like one of the most hated figures in like detroit football history having played at ohio state and obviously now for the chicago bears sure. um the ohio state excuse me um like who is that guy currently like if, if just because if justin fields were to become like a thorn in the lion's side yeah again for someone like you who roots for the wolverines and the lions that would like doubly piss you off like, like can sure. you name or can you think of somebody that that's that's been before well i mean aaron Rodgers, right aaron Rodgers and brett Favre have well, taken up that spot yeah. in the division for a while but they didn't have the collegiate history you know what i mean like this this would burn yeah. you twice you know what i mean I don't know if they're, yeah, there's just, I don't think there's that much turnover because you have to realize Michigan is also split between Michigan and Michigan state fans and Michigan state fans don't have as, you know, big of a rivalry, but you know, now that the lines have a couple of Michigan guys, you know, Aiden Hutchinson versus Justin Fields can be kind of a, a fun little rivalry in the division. But yeah, I think, I think just there, there is now like a, a villain role in the NFC North that is, that is unseated because Aaron Rodgers is gone. And so, it, you know, Justin Fields could be that guy. Okay. Uh, Kirk Cousins, I guess, maybe for some Michigan fans because of the Michigan State thing and now the Vikings thing. So a little bit. That. You got to um, be good. You got to be good. To be <laughs> Pete, you picked the Vikings to reach the Super Bowl last year, just it. like I did. So let's back off. Uh, your final it. question, Pete. We all have one more. We all have one more. Oh, is it me? That means you go. Oh, <laughs> we're, I thought we're, Missy Elliott thing in this, remember? So I, okay. Assuming the Chiefs were to make a sixth straight mm. AFC title game. We kind of already talked about this. Who plays them? Who do we think plays them? Can I, can I add a qualifier sure. for us? What no, what non Bengals team plays them? Because I think we would, we would all like kind of yeah, agree yeah. they have the best odds. So. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's a good way to put it. What non Cincinnati team has the best chance of playing the Chiefs if we are assuming they make it again? Um, I'll go first, and I also want to add that I think we should all have to pick different teams um, to make things a little bit more fun. That's why I wanted to go first. Um, so I think the like Vogue pick will be the Chargers. Miss me with that. Not a big deal. Whatever. Kellen Moore started his career in Detroit. <sighs> Whatever. Anyway, um, I think the answer is 
the Miami Dolphins. Um, mm. If I, if I have to like really pick one, if I Tom like Tom Brady like, and the Miami we, Dolphins, <laughs> we saw them flirt with with things, and a lot of this is contingent. Like we all care about Tua's health more than anything. So like if if that requires not being involved in football, then so be it. Um, but um, the Dolphins have enough, and they the Dolphins are the like they're like the middle point of Charmanderness. You know what I mean? Like they haven't like fully evolved, but they're right there. And the Bills, the like, could we not see the Dolphins winning the division? Like, is that ridiculous to completely and totally think about at this point? It's not. I don't have the DraftKings odds in front of me. It sounds like uh, you have some over under win totals, Jeremy. Maybe you can help me out. But like, I I could if I have to pick a non Bengals team, I'm more willing to believe that the Dolphins like kind of catch the lightning in the bottle that they were close to then the bills keep holding on keep holding on um and then find a way to like you know you know push through or whatever so uh keep holding on is a great song by the rolling stones um but um i'm gonna take the miami dolphins i'm upset because that was the team i was gonna take honestly because i mean i i really love the addition of vic fangio on the defensive side of the ball Mm -hmm. i think they're gonna be a much better team uh defensively overall and um yeah if if tua can just kind of return and and i think mike mccarthy is, is going to figure something out on the on the offensive side of the ball, whether it's with or without Mike McDaniel. Mike McDaniel. I know you I'm Mike sorry, McCarthy. I do that a, a ton. <laughs> There's too many Mike Mix in right. in this league. Um, but yeah, uh, I I like the Dolphins a lot. And now you're going to make me jump to a different team. So, um, man, it's too early for Pittsburgh. Although I I think I think we're sleeping on Pittsburgh. Maybe that's going to be my answer to maybe a future question in, in a couple minutes Jenny, here. What the hell, dude? You've ruined. I'm sorry. So I'm sorry. Ones. I'm sorry. You you have me flustered because you just changed this question. Can he it? Whoa, that is a take right there. Uh, yeah, I, and I'm with you on the Chargers. I'm I'm not in belief that they are going to take that step. Um, to me, I don't. Am I about to throw my my support behind the Jaguars? I think I might. Wow, not that's not ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I mean Calvin Ridley numbers. They were a, they were a game away from from the title game. I mean, they obviously lost to the Chiefs, sure. but like, th- there's conventional wisdom behind that. Yeah, and they, they finished the season strong, even you know, not even including the playoffs. And and you got a young quarterback that, and and a lot of free agent additions in the past two years that are just kind of blossoming all together. I I, I think it could work. Yeah, I like the Jaguars. I was thinking about maybe the Jaguars, but neither of you picked my answer, which, of course, is the New York Jets. I wow. think the Jets, uh, you know, we we throw around quarterback away a, a lot in the NFL when we're top, talking hypothetically, but the Jets, man, they are the definition of a quarterback away with, I think, how young and good that defense is. You look at their quarterback situation from last year. Zach Wilson, nine games. Mike White four games joe flacco four games seven and ten finish right and they were flirting with the playoffs for most of the year we heard about the whole receipts thing even if aaron Rodgers is let's say let's let's be generous and say like 75 percent of prime aaron Rodgers. i think this is a spicy playoff team i think the buffalo bills are vulnerable in that that division i think they could win the division and if if they're able to pull that off i think suddenly you know, you're you're a couple games away from from heading to to Kansas City to to play the Chiefs and what would be obviously uh, RJ and, and Jeremy. You know how New Yorkers are an annoying Jets run to the AFC title game. So uh, with with reluctance, I I think the New York Jets to me are the best non Cincinnati bet to to make it all the way through. The Jets seven wins last year uh, against the Deshaun Watless Cleveland Browns against the Steelers with Kenny Pickett, who you just hated on, Pete. Uh, the Miami Dolphins, um, fine. Um, in Green Bay, against the washed Aaron Rodgers, who's now supposed to resuscitate them. Mm-hmm. Uh, against the Broncos, who obviously were a disaster. Oh, against the Bills, who Russ were Wilson. some frauds, Super as, Bowl as we've identified. And against the Bears. 
I mean, like what, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not like the general, like, you know, disposition behind this is like, well, the defense is going to be amazing. Like I, I, Pete, you know, this like a year ago, I was like, the Cowboys defense is going to crater in 2022, like regression to the mean, regression to the mean, regression to the mean. They were the like exception, uh, which is part of what has me concerned for 2023. Like wh why do we expect this? Why do we expect the thing that always regresses to the mean to like not regress to the mean here when it comes to the Jets um, and Aaron Rodgers to come in and just save everything? Like um, I think like give me the under on all the Jets stuff, including what you just paid with yeah, I kind of, I it it does have all the makings of an implosion, honestly. Like this whole offseason just created to curate Aaron Rodgers when it didn't work in Green Bay doing it that way. I mean, really, for the last couple of years, they haven't been the the behemoth that I think a lot of people think that the Packers have been for a while. Counterpoint: Have you ever seen somebody come out of a darkness retreat and not make the <laughs> AFC title game? You know what I really hate about this is like we've ruined the darkness retreat stuff. Like we don't have to make the jokes about it anymore. Like it was the first five thousand were funny. <laughs> what are you, you talking about? I mean? Like I'm just ask a question. It's, it's no, yes but it's like, no. It's, like the, it's like the Dan Campbell thing. Like we don't always have to go to like the biting the kneecaps thing. Like you know, like we're we're all capable of like evolving thought. Like we, we can have pepper with those kneecaps. Um, nice. So anyway. Um, Jeremy, your final question. Uh, yeah, let me pull it up so that I remember it. Uh, what will the Cardinals do with the number three overall pick? Uh, obviously, I think we we all assume the first two are going to be quarterback picks. That leaves the Cardinals to potentially trade down or stay there and uh, and take maybe the best defensive player or do something that we don't expect them to do. Uh, I'll throw it to you first, RJ, because I want to put you on the spot. I am... I'm always terrified of being where the Cardinals are as a franchise. Like there's a difference between being bad and being totally lost. Like the, the, the Cardinals are directionless. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's nothing that, that like is an anchor in the ground for them, that they are just floating in the abyss. They are Mark Wahlberg. And I forget who else I think was it George Clooney in the perfect storm. Like they are just floating out there waiting for anything, even something bad to happen, like something to capsize them in one way or another. Um, and normally this is like a great swing point in the draft, right? Like, especially with as predictable as the first two picks seem to be like you put in the notes, Jeremy, like the draft starts at three, like, okay, you should be able to dance. Like you should be able to move around here. Um, but I don't know like who the desperate team is that like really needs that quarterback. Like, it would have been the Texans, I suppose. Um, it might have been the Jets, but if this Aaron Rodgers thing goes through, like I, I think they're just going to take the best available non-quarterback and convince themselves that it was the best route. But I, I think it's a combination of like the environment not necessarily cultivating a, a great return on that pick, um, them being in a weird spot. Um, I mean, it, it will be the best available non-quarterback. If I had to cast a net, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, I'll take it a step further. And and I, as you look at at the draft picks that they have, I just pulled them up. They have eight picks. So they have a the first rounder, the second rounder, two threes, a four, a five, and two sixes, which is a pretty good uh, amount of picks, and in, in especially in that meaty part of, of day two where they have a lot of selections. And and I think sometimes when you, you look at teams that need to do a lot, you're looking for a trade down. But I think they have enough picks where they're able to take a, a few stabs at trying to have a really good class and and make it better. So I think they keep the pick and they go with the best defensive player. We just talked about a little bit earlier the the questions with Carter. Maybe it's a mistake not overlooking those. Maybe he ends up being a, a great 10-year pro bowler, but it's probably going to be Will Anderson, I I would guess, the the edge at a at a Alabama. And I think because, you know, they can't really take a chance and, and go quarterback. Kyler Murray has enough issues keeping his head on straight when he's the only guy in the room. And I think you got to give him another opportunity to, to see if he can get back to what seemed like that breakout form. And when you're going for positions that could really change the game for you, 
you know, on, on one side of the football edge is one of those positions. There's only a few of those positions in football, especially non quarterback positions. And I, I think that's the direction they go. And sure. Is it, is it safe in a way? I think so, but it could be very impactful. And I think they have seven more picks to, to try to continue to turn this thing around. Yeah. I, I think they'd still like to obviously have more high round picks, right? If, if they only got one first one second, you know, maybe you're adding one or two or three starters. Most, I think, I think you're looking to add another high level pick. And so, I think trade down is obviously what they want to do the most, but to, to expand on RJ's point, it's not just that that there might be fewer and fewer teams that are looking to trade up. I'm not sure the prospects are necessarily worth trading up for. Um, right. I, I think Anthony Richardson is is probably the one guy that 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 is the wild card in this draft where I think he's got an incredible ceiling. Like he could be an elite dude, a guy that we're we're talking up with with the top of the guys, but with the production in one year at Florida, not so great. That is an enormous risk and not only drafting him in the first round in the top five, but trading up to do so can be one of those things that, that, that really, I mean, that gets your, your general manager fired, right? If that doesn't work out, it's a huge risk. Will Anderson is, is maybe a guy that you trade up for, but again, Arizona might be just better served taking him. Um, Will yeah. Levis is a guy who I feel like his stock is plummeting, whether that's an accurate reflection of what people are thinking or just, you know, people getting high on everybody else. I'm not sure, but, to me, I, I think I'm with you guys. Like, I think they're just going to kind of sit here. I think they want to trade down. I don't know if they're going to get that opportunity, but I think they'll probably wait until draft night to make that decision because they really want to kind of put the pressure on these teams that might want a quarterback. Very strange times for the Cardinals. I did want to throw in, uh, Pete mentioned, uh, what did you say about Kyler Murray's head? Um, like when it's on a swivel or something like that? I don't know what it was, but that was going to be my segue. Um, have you guys seen the chatter about the Cardinals changing uniforms this season? No. Uh, this offseason, rather? There's, there's a lot of chatter on the Cardinals subreddit, um, like the, the one for Cardinals fans, um, that like they're going to be unveiling some sort of new uniform and that there's going to be a new helmet. Uh, now, they did debut the black, like glossy helmet last year as an alternative one. Uh, but apparently, again, it's according to the Cardinals subreddit, um, it will have some sort of like silvery stripe, the new Cardinals helmet. So, uh, Kyler Murray's head allegedly will at least look different when he returns uh, to the NFL for the Cardinals, uh, presumably. Um, okay, um, good question. Um, see, like the Cardinals, are, you would think would be in like this position of like such interest, but it's like, <laughs> it's the Cardinals. You know, like nobody really cares. <laughs> um, so, okay. Uh, last one for me, and then Rachel will cap us off. Um, Jeremy ruined it. Uh, what team is hiding in plain sight right now? Um, now the inspiration for this was the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't think we give the Steelers enough credit or haven't over the last couple of years. Um, you know, Mike Tomlin did it again, finished above 500. Um, I don't know that I believe they could, you know, play the chiefs in the AFC title game to your point, Pete, but like, I do think they're the team that is going to be in the playoffs that we're not talking about. Like the likelihood of, of playoff appearance ratio to like national discussion is the most off for them. So, like, who are other teams in that box for you both? You cannot answer the Pittsburgh Steelers because Jeremy ruined that. So, that means, Jeremy, you have to go first, a non-Steelers team. You keep pulling my answers off the board right before you throw it to me. How dare you? Uh, Carolina Panthers are, are maybe the, my answer. And I feel like I was on this show maybe two months ago saying, like, I'm not sure about the hire and I'm not sure about their building. I, I do kind of like what they're building. And and obviously, we're, we're talking rookie quarterback here, right? So, their, their, their ceiling is, is certainly capped. They're not going to win a Super Bowl. Um, but they're a team that were 7-10 last year. They, they beat some good teams on that um, on that schedule as well. Um, and I, I just, I don't like, they, they took down the Seahawks. They took down the Lions. Um, and, and they're in a, a vulnerable division. Like, I, I think for some reason, there's this odd 
support for the New Orleans Saints, and I just don't see it. Um, <laughs> like they've got crazy odds to win, I think, that division and even contend for a Super Bowl. I think the Panthers might be my favorite to win that division. So they're the team that I think uh, too many people are sleeping on right now. I, I'm going to go back to a team that you mentioned earlier, Jeremy. It's it's the Jaguars. You know, they snuck into the playoffs, and I, I think people consider them spicy to an extent, but I, I don't think anyone gives them enough credit in the sense of, man, this is actually a team when you consider their schedule and their division and what they have at quarterback now and wide receiver uh, and the defense was pretty good last year where they could finish the top of the conference. They just had the, you know, when you, you're playing the Titans, the Colts and the Texans, if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence is playing the way that he was last year, that should be six and zero. If you are able to pull that off or even five and one, man, that is such a significant advantage when you're going against three divisions that are presumably going to be better um, you know, than, than they were, were last year, right? We talked about the AFC East. We know the AFC North has, has been competitive. The AFC West, it has to be better than last year. You know, I'd imagine they still were able to get two playoff teams in, even with the slow start for the Chargers. But I got to imagine the Raiders will be safer with Garoppolo. We did, and I know no one likes to, to talk about this, for now, those final two games um, after the, the coaching change, Russell Wilson finally started to look a little better in Denver. We'll see what Sean Payton can do. But the, the story here is that those divisions are just more competitive. And when you have a, in my opinion, someone veering and, and and beginning to break out as a top five quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. I, like I said, hiding in plain sight. No, they're not necessarily hiding plain sight when it comes to being a playoff team, but I think they're not going to get enough credit when it comes to being the next Bengals rivaling the chiefs and somehow maybe finding a way to upset them in the playoffs, that kind of thing. Um, I think those are both really good answers. Um, the Panthers is contingent upon obviously like, you know, whether it's Bryce Young or CJ Stroud or whatever, like providing the, the boost that we sometimes see from, from number one overall picks. Um, you know, rookie Cam Newton, I don't, I don't think they were a playoff team, but I remember he was like a fantasy darling that year in 2011. So like, if you got that kind of thing, like, I think that's a big win. Um, I think the Jaguars are a great answer, Pete. Um, obviously the playoff, like we, that it was an electrifying playoff comeback that we just kind of like forgot about. Like, like and, and more specifically on the Chargers end, like the Chargers had this like, just complete total absolute collapse of a playoff loss it's like nah, okay cool there's the chargers they got a new they got a new, new offensive coordinator though watch out like here they come but whatever um i was actually going to answer the denver broncos uh Pete, you, you touched on it like on the like under the premise of regression to the mean like it it just was like historically bad like yeah. like different universe bad um and if there is slight regression from the chiefs not that the afc west is in any jeopardy but like if there's a game difference whatever if there, there is regression coming for the chargers the raiders are a huge mess um i mean like there's reason to believe i think the broncos you know could get it together uh my answer though since you kind of ruined that you both are just ruining everything today uh is the new york giants uh, i mean i don't think that we're, we're so we're so focused on what the at least i am on what the cowboys have done this offseason the eagles get a lot of natural attention the commanders obviously have the attention of the ownership sale. The Giants very quietly traded for Darren Waller. Um, the Giants also locked down Daniel Jones. They returned Saquon Danny Barkley, even if it's on the franchise tag. Stan, RJ Achilles. I mean, <laughs> like they have the returning coach of the year. Like, what what reason is there to believe they won a playoff game last year? You know what I mean? Like, what reason is there to believe that the Giants aren't, you know, in the mix? I, I've said this before a lot at BTB and on the NFC's mixtape. I think three of the four best teams in the NFC right now are in the NFCs. They're the Eagles, Cowboys, and Giants. I think the fourth best team is the Niners. I don't know if you would agree, Jeremy, from an NFC perspective. Um, the Lions certainly flirting with that, maybe be number five right now. 
Um, but, you know, the Giants, n- nobody wants to give them their love, even though they, they've kind of earned it. And now it's like, oh, Aaron Judge hit a home run. His first at bat. It's like, dude, the Giants got Darren Waller. Give him some love. Like, talk about mm-hmm. him on WFAN once in a while. So that's my take. I just I feel like the the air got sucked out of the balloon a little bit towards the end of the season for them. They, it, I, Big blue view. They w- they were what two two four two five and one I think to to end the season and then obviously they yeah. they they beat up a an overrated Vikings team. So I I think they still have a little bit ways to climb. Um, you know, Lions handled them pretty easily in in New York, but oh wow, New Jersey. Sorry, New Jersey. That's um, right. East Rutherford. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. So I I you know if we're if we're stacking the NFC, I'd probably put the Lions above them, but but. Like same tier, probably. The Giants, yeah. I the mean, Giants, like, they did start seven and two and finished nine seven and one. That isn't exactly a, a great well, finish. But the Jets were seven and three and finished on like a eight five game losing streak, and you have them in the freaking title game, Pete. So I mean, let's just calm down a little bit here. You know. Well, that's after they're trading the the three headed three headed stinky monster at quarterback for a I'm, former. I'm gonna MVP. ask. I'm gonna ask a silly question. Um, it will we'll sound silly. Uh, Jeremy, who would you rather have today? You can trade Jared Goff straight up for Aaron Rodgers or Daniel Jones. I have to. I might. I might rather have Jared Goff. Okay, but like if you <laughs> okay. have to trade okay. him for one of them. Uh no, it's I'd still Aaron Rodgers for one year over Daniel. I Jones. think they're very comparable though. Um, I mean, in terms of who they are, players today. In terms of football outsiders, DYAR Aaron Rodgers sixteenth, Daniel Jones eighteenth. In terms of just YAR Aaron Rodgers fifteenth, Daniel Jones seventeenth. In terms of individual quarterback DVOA, Daniel Jones twentieth, Aaron Rodgers twenty first. This feels very similar to me last year. People being like, Matt Ryan is a definite upgrade over Carson Wentz in Indianapolis. Like, I think that Daniel Jones and Aaron Rodgers are similar players at this point in time. Can't get through the podcast without getting at the Colts again. We know that. We know that that's going to happen. <laughs> um, Rachel, would you please join us and ask your question to give us a neat 10 uh, for the titling of the podcast episode? Because nine doesn't sound as good. 10 gets us to double digits. So, Rachel, what is the question that you have at this point in the offseason? Okay. I want to, first off, tell you guys, excellent job. This has been one of my favorite activities you guys have done so far. So, all of your questions that's were a But I want to take a look at, I know, great job, great job. <laughs> <laughs> I want to take a look at Odo Beckham Jr. Uh, about to be 30 years old this year. He missed the entire 2022 season with his ACL injury. And it originally had came out that he was looking for a deal worth 20 million per year. A few days, uh, a few days ago, it came out that, you know, now he's looking for maybe 15 million per season. And so I was looking at over the cap and of course, like Tyreek Hill, a uh, highest paid wide receiver right now, but looking at other wide receivers that are in that same like 15 mil range, there were players like, where was it at? Um, Cortland Sutton, uh, Allen Robinson and Hunter Renfro. And so my question was what dollar amount will be enough for Odo Beckham Jr. And like, which team do you think will most likely get that deal done with him? I'll go first. Um, I think that the fact that Odell is not, I mean, look, my team was connected to Odell. So like I was super in on it. Um, I think Pete, you can speak to that as well. But um, I think that maybe I don't want to say Odell or his people like overplayed the situation, but I think that the NFL was like, we could, we would just rather go other directions. I mean, the Cowboys traded for Brandon cooks. They have him for two years at $20 million. Um, So I think the match left, like everyone has kind of found a dancing partner, right? Like the Odell is kind of like the wallflower at this point in time. And the only team who has yet to really add somebody is the team that I hated on a little while ago 
in the Buffalo Bills. So I would not be shocked if Odell goes to the Bills. That's a juicy enough team to generate all the headlines and Odell and Josh Allen, and he's going to make some sort of crazy training camp catch, blah, blah, blah. Um, one year, $15 million, I think, is enough, like a mercenary sort of deal. And it can be billed as like you can hit the open market again next year. The Bills can get a comp pick if he walks, blah, blah, blah. Um, that's my prediction. This is a tough one for me because I I, I, I... Remember that, Rachel, when it comes to MFWP, that I stepped up right that's away. Right. And... Well, you've been covering it. You've been covering the Odell. You know, I have a, a more full been, team that yeah. doesn't really necessarily need to add that. Um, you know, we mm-hmm. got a James Williams already. Um, but uh, to me, it's, <laughs> it's fifteen million a year sounds crazy to me. Uh, it does. Once once you hit that kind of thirty year mark as a wide receiver, like it's downhill quick, and you're coming off an, an injury that you didn't even play all year. Who knows what you're getting in this sort of guy? So this to me, like. It, it seems like a reckless. If, if he gets upwards of fifteen million, I feel like this is a reckless signing. So I have to pick a team that I think is willing to do something reckless. And admittedly, I don't know their cap situation that well, but we talked about the uh, the erraticism of Jim Irsay. So I'm going to throw it to the Colts. I think that's interesting. I don't think Odell's going to want to play for the Colts Probably given their not. situation. I, you know, the, one of the 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 smaller things to come out of the. NFL owner meetings was a paparazzi shot that I believe it was one of the Patriots writers caught Odell and Robert Sala embracing for a hug. And I think the NFL largely has agreed. Look, we ain't giving this guy 15 mil a year. We're just not going to do it. We're not doing it. I think eventually Odell will come down to me. This feels like 8 million guaranteed 12 in, with incentives that he can get to uh, so long as he stays in the field. I, I think that's a humbling thing that Odell's going to have to deal with. But I think, you know what? I can eat a little bit of money for one year to play with Aaron freaking Rodgers and come to Arrowhead in January to play for the AFC title. So Odell Beckham Jr. to the New York Jets, $8 million to up to $12 million in incentives. Cool. Thanks for answering my question, guys. Okay, and today's MF double MVP. I want to hit on all the points first. Pete, I love your point that you talked about, like the Lions and how they're no longer like that garage band. I thought that that's that was right. Good. Yep, good comparison. I know <laughs> that was really good. Um, Jeremy, I loved your point. I didn't like the Pittsburgh point that you made. I didn't agree with that. One. But- <laughs> I thought the Jaguars, that was like a spicy take. A little bit. Um, so I'm here for when you were just talking about um, I guess like other AFC teams that would play against the Chiefs next season um in the title game. Uh RJ, I really like the question that you presented about like the villain role when it came to like Justin Fields. That was really good, just like being a thorn in the lion's side. I like that one. I also really liked how you touched on um, like a first year head coach that just can't take a player like Jalen Carter. Mm-hmm. Like you can't see a first year coach doing that. Maybe somebody like a Pete Carroll. That was a really good point. And I also loved your question. My favorite question out of all of them today was like the surprise player that gets dealt because I think that that's something we're all going to be looking for. Um, so I thought like the T Higgins and Derrick Henry were really, really good picks. And so today I'm going to give it to RJ. Let's go. Wow. <laughs> what? That's back to back. What a phenomenal mm. performance by me. Um, shout out to me. Um, and congratulations to me. Um, Pete, Jeremy, which one of you wants to bow first? 
<laughs> it's okay. I'm good. Uh, I'm good. Jeremy, you, you look like you're taking the loss, at least like humbly and well. Pete, you look devastated. Uh, Stressed. <laughs> he looks like you're eating some pizza. Yeah, I just in the tunnel. I just feel like I left it all out on the on the air this this morning and I, you know, I'm not not mad. I'm just disappointed in Rachel. And well, even that, that's even okay. you're like one of the best things you did was the Garage Band thing. I made that better when I said that it was actually yeah. like the Warp Tour thing. Like you know right. what I mean. So like, look, you you got some assists in this game. I I dunked. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So like, I get out put on the posters. You have some things in the stat sheet. It's okay. Mm-hmm. We were both on the team. We both got the win. That's what matters. Like as a whole, Monday Football Monday. Yeah, so, yeah. Good good, good team win. Yep. <laughs> yeah, look, think about it. You're Dwayne Wade on the on the in the picture, like doing the arms out, and I'm LeBron, like hanging in the air. You know what I mean? Like that's mm-hmm. that's who we are in this situation. Yeah, I guess and, uh, Jeremy, that makes you Chris Chris Bosh, um, and, and then Rachel, Rachel you can be Eric is, uh, Pat or, Riley, or, Pat or Riley. Haslam, yeah, or Mario Chalmers, whatever you want. Rachel uh, Pat, so, Pat, Pat Riley. Um, just the uh, brains behind yes. the operation. You at least you you came up with one good analogy. It was after I won, but um, it is what it is. Um, wow, uh, phenomenal episode, phenomenal mm-hmm. performance all the way around. Every, except for Jeremy stealing the like the I I fought through that too, Rachel. You saw the notes. Jeremy was constantly like taking all my like future you didn't questions. Mention anything about the Steelers in the breakdown? Mm-hmm. All right, it was I, I just it was understood. You. When I wrote the question, that was who I had in mind. You should have sensed that. So that's all I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> um, wow. Um, as we get out of here, so uh, Jeremy, I have a proposition for you that I would like Pete and Rachel to serve as witnesses for. Uh, the Astros and Tigers are about to play a series, mm-hmm. as mentioned at the top of this episode. I think the the team who's lose or the person whose team loses the series has to eat something. I, I hate to throw myself behind the Tigers, but I'm in for. I'm just here for the content. So, what should we have to eat, Rachel and Pete? The team who the person whose team loses the series that starts today. Something that's practical that we can, you know, get in life. You know, I don't want to hear like something on fear factors. I like think, that, you know, I think Jeremy picks something that 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 is popular in Detroit. And ha- if Jeremy loses, he has to eat something from from the Houston, you know, Texas area. Which, which um, OK, make, if the bigger. Tigers lose the series, Jeremy, you have to eat like a full plate of tacos. That's and, like I want to make this something enjoyable for you. Ten you know tacos. No, like just. Like like a normal meal, yeah. Not, not like not enough that you know it would have you feeling like bloated or something like that. Okay. You know, like sure. a normal. You have to go somewhere, get yeah. some sort of Tex-Mex tacos, and throw that down in celebration of the Astros. Totally fine, and and I would say Detroit style pizza. If you can find a place with Detroit style pizza, okay. hopefully not Little Caesars, but if it has to be Little Caesars, mm-hmm. go go with Little Caesars. And you can get crazy bread if you want. Sure. Did you guys see that Pizza Hut? This is not an ad. Uh, brought back the March Madness basketballs. Love um, I love that. that they used to have when we were kids. Do you remember that? <laughs> like when you it. would buy like I don't know what yeah. it was, but you would get like it was like a specific basketball that you would get, and they brought it back this year. So, Rachel, you might be a little young for that. You might have missed it. Um, so, <laughs> I'm looking it up. Right yeah, now. it was. They were really cool. Like, and the, I saw it. Pardon the age discrimination at the end of the show. I saw it. I saw it on Instagram that they they brought back the. I don't know what you have to buy. Like if it's a if it's a deep dish pizza, then maybe I'm kind of rooting for the Tigers. You know what I mean? So that I get the pizza and the the ball but um it, it is what it is um okay as we leave pete um sing us a song sing us a song <laughs> you're the piano man <laughs> sing us a song tonight well we're all in the mood for a melody and you've got us feeling all right
more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.